yo, 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 check this out. This is Fresh Bit Out the China Man with the July Boo. Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? It's me, DMC. What's up, y'all? This is the boy, Master B. Yo, check us out. Chuck the public enemy. Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DLC. This is Jerry Heller, motherfuckers. Boy, DJ Paul K. Oil, 361. Young Dizzy Ball. Vice One. Yo, this is DJ Ready Brand. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross. You listen to me on the Murder Master Music Show. What's up now, motherfucker? This is a show that shows no limits, broadcast nothing but the real. Interviews with legendary artists. Still got love for the underground field. Rappers with records revealing that this shit and rappers are coming up. Get up, put on. We need to the platform to fight the beast. This show that you need to be on. Get up, UGS for life. Follow a wizard.com for all of your needs. Production and mixing and master and grab it. Just download the slides. Check out the archives and hundreds of shows. But he can come and view the digits. Everything free to download the stream. Oh yeah, we're going to turn your real issue. We got that boy with me, but our bitch we represent. All them killers on the mic and we should love to all your fans. Motherfuckers wanna hate. Do your big we keep the focus. Bringing nothing but the rhythm. Come and tune into the dopest. I'm a man. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Murder Master Music Show. This is episode 734. We got a guest. He's no stranger to the archive. He's been on. Uh, it's been a minute, uh, but man, we've had him on a couple roundtables, uh, a couple episodes. You know, what I'm saying, uh, always a pleasure. You know, what I'm saying, Baton Rouge's finest. I'm talking about the one and only uh, Young Bleed in the place to be. Young Bleed, how you doing, brother? Uh, my man, good to hear from you. I'm doing pretty good on this side in this pandemic, man. It's a beautiful thing to wake up, be blessed, and keep living every day, man. I can't complain. Oh, yeah. Likewise, man. Uh, yeah, 2020 has been a crazy year, you know. Um, how have uh, you and yours been holding up during this whole pandemic? Um, for the most of it, a few people, you know. Family-wise and otherwise, most of back home, i kind of been on the road and kind of really, in one sense, got stuck across the country. I, I started moving around before the pandemic, and, you know, somewhere have gone away, everything started shutting down. So, you know, I get the forecast of what's going on back home, but for the most part, everybody's doing pretty good. You know? Well, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's uh Definitely uh, a wild year. Hopefully, 2021 will be much better for all of us. Because um, uh, I, I know it's got to uh, affect the artists, you know what I'm saying? You guys depend on shows and, and getting out and meeting the people and stuff like that. Uh, you know, how right. have you been able to adjust during this time? Um, the beauty of technology, man. Uh, my family and friend members around the world. So everybody still send me records, you know what I mean? So I'm able, you know, most of the feature records I'm working on projects all the time myself. So that part of it keeps the machine.
team going versus the road. So I had a few shows here and there, in and out tour, but some of the dates been postponed, you know, um, from Georgia to across the country, man. Um, so that part of it, you know what I mean, it's kind of like um, a thorn in your side. But for the most part, man, God is good, and man, make a way out of no way. So, yeah, I got good friends and family that keep me in the loop all the way around the board, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I've been wanting to talk to you, uh, man. Roy Jones is getting ready to fight Mike Tyson. You know, say you worked uh, with Roy Jones before. Uh, yeah. What What are your thoughts on this, man? This got This got to be pretty uh, get you pretty amped up, huh? Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I I heard about that recently. Yeah, Roy's my big bro. You know, big brother from another mother. So I know Roy personally. And I'm a Mike Tyson fan, so that's a hard dilemma. I remember at Roy Peak, um, he was trying to fight Mike Tyson when he was going from middleweight to maybe light heavyweight or whatever his weight division was at the time before Tarp and all those lesser fights, you know what I mean? Um, but in a way, as well as Mike Tyson um, kind of coming in his situation and coming back, and then, you know, he stopped for a minute. So to see him get up, man, that really inspired me. Tyson was a whole lot of inspiration to me. Before um, Roy um, would develop and grow into the um, at least, at least you know maybe from the undercards, and I started recognizing Roy, you know, um, my stepfather. As a matter of fact, um, Roy was his favorite, so he introduced me, you know, TV-wise to who Roy Jones was. I, I had no idea that I'd meet him in life. We'll make records. He'll be open, um, open heart, open mind, and spirit at the same time. And to this day, man, real true brother, my big brother, but um. It's something to see, you know what I mean? I couldn't choose size in that, that sense. It would be a good fight to see and a good entry. Um, and both of those guys are phenomenal fighters, man. But at the very least, I wouldn't want to, you know, due to my respect for Mike Tyson and my love for Roy, um, I wouldn't want to see it get carried away and they hurt each other. You know what I mean? These two serious guys. They're later in life and it's non-tolerant, man. So definitely I'm going to pay attention to it and see what go down. But yeah, uh, may the best man win at the end of the day, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both of them are, are legendary. You know, Roy's a multi-division uh, champion. You know, Mike's one of the best uh, to ever do it himself. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting, and they both look great still. You know, you can't tell yeah, they're in their fifties. Yeah, good, man. Real good for their time and age, man. And I ain't calling them old men. You know, and they've, they've been physical fit guys for a long time, so they age great for the man, so that should be a beautiful fight. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. What do you think of the heavyweight division right now? Do you think it's starting to uh, pop a little bit? Well, to be honest with you, man, you know, I'm kind of throwing back shit. Um, kind of one sense, stop right there for the heavyweight division with Mike Tyson for me. You see what I'm saying? In the middleweight division with Roy Jones, you know, watching Floyd Blake fights and all that type of type of thing. But um, you know, I, I studied back boxing back to Jack Johnson, man. So you know what I mean. Long before I leave, I can walk down on everything else. Just looking at the whole um, the whole layout, the whole um, boxing thing. Yeah, those were yeah. two favorites at the end of those eras. And from that, I had to start another fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for for those of you listening, uh, get on YouTube and, and, and watch Marciano versus Ezra Charles. They had a pair of uh, crazy fights. They just beat the okay. crap out of each other. This is back in the fifties. Marciano back in the day. 
Yeah, with uh, uh, Ezra and Charles. Yeah, those guys used to beat the living daylights out of each other. Same with Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, yeah, right. Now you now talking before my time, but my interest, yeah. you know, just looking all the way back to Sonny listening, all those great guys, a lot of great guys, Larry Holmes, Pink Brothers, you name them, you know what I mean? It's kind of like basketball and football. Maybe I'm just getting a little older. A lot of new guys are not so up on, you know, up on. It was there was an annual thing to watch basketball all the time, watch football on Sunday. Now I might catch the game and some here and there. And I don't particularly have no faith. I'm going to go with the home team. That's the only one we have in Louisiana still to this day. So I followed it there. But um, my first love, brother, like in 1978, I was like four going on five or something. That was the song, boys. It's only God shit. And he sent me into the past and walked the face. I played running back as a kid myself. So those are my look up to guys. But we had a um, home. You go to the Hall of Fame now, man. It's a principle of all kind of guys, all positions. That was some of the greatest, some of the greatest coaches. I'm not taking nothing from nobody nowadays, but I'm not so familiar with it and into it like I used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that's like with me and hip hop. My favorite. Uh, era was the 90s, you know, I mean, there's dope stuff out now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of talent out here, um, it's just, you gotta, you gotta find it, now, back in the day, you knew where to go, you know what I mean, like, if I wanted to hear something from Baton Rouge, I, I, I knew right away, okay, I'm gonna go to the concentration camp, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to you and see Logan, and, you know, I want some Flint, Michigan, it's the Dayton family, MC Breed, you know, Um, I'm working on a project, man, on my album called Derek and God. 
But in the next couple of weeks, we kind of keeping it neat and discreet. Shout out to my man Chuck at Work Clothes, our producer and rapper Side the Grime out here in the Indianapolis area. Um, area man, um, we working on an EP right now, so it's non-disclosed. Due to you know, um, how fast we gonna put it out. Um, I don't really want to announce the title, but y'all look for that. You know, nice um, selling song. It's like a prequel, a prequel to the album. Um, there's the guards. I'll try to release sometime next year, if not at the end of the year. In the end of the year, stop the next year, man. And um, well, as I just um, dropped a single on my label, Trap No Entertainment, for my new group, The Younger Gang. It's called Mob. Uh, my son, Tyson Lamar, you know what I mean? He do the hip hop and R&B. So he always dropping records, you know, um, through the trap, man. You know what I mean? The digital distribution on all around the world. So, man, anybody listening, y'all tap in at www. Wow, you said your son? Yeah, yeah, man, my oldest kid. Thank you. 
daddy, and I always follow this guy. Um, shots out to Roddy P out there in Dallas, man. When I met him, I said, man, I'll call you the clear engineer. Take a guy that don't have a voice and give him a voice, but he still did that. He helped sculpt the record. He didn't have the projection that he had or his overall vocab, but his lyrical display and everything in this music, the record that I listened to. So um, with that in mind, you know, going through those different times, um, the car was a 65, so it was a lot of, reincarnated thoughts when you're talking Malcolm in the 60s and all that type of thing. So all that kind of went through my brain. Um, all the people, the fallen soldiers, and the powerful prophets is not here no more, and I kind of coincided into one thing. Um, and not so directly as the um, Ghost Rider comic book um, and the movie definitely wasn't out at the time, but it was just my assumption um, after the death of Pac and picking up like I say, I'm on my own record on where the other boy left off. You know what I mean? So growing right to that 22 years old, fraud and records, right around the corner where, where Biggie was murdered. You know what I mean? I signed, I was, you know, out in California three months after the death of Big, signing with priority that June of 97. So all that kind of impacted and um, created the, um, the atmosphere for what Ghost Rider became. Just saying, I'm keeping a light on, you know? Yeah, the beacon. That was a song. You know, yes, when, when, um, when you put that out, you know what I'm saying, uh, was that was that one of the, everybody's favorites off the album? Still to this day, that's some people's favorites. You know, everybody got their picks and choosers, but that's definitely one of them. Absolutely. Cool. What did Pete think of that one? Um, we never talked about it directly. When I turned in the record with Pete, it's three still undiscovered and unreleased records that I had that we substituted for three beats by the pound or two beats by the pound track and one happened to be a Penske track which was Bring the Noise on, on my album. So I gathered those Bring the Noise, Tile So Hard and Mo Money all in one night and he was trying to name my record the same day. So I turned in like 14 records and we took three off to add, you know, um, that beats by the pound texture to it. So you know what I mean? Keep in mind, you know, um, no limit was no limit, and we still was the camp, so we were working in and out of each other, but we had our own thing in that sense. So, you know, away from them, I stayed working, like I said, two jobs, and I, you know, go to the studio at the end of the night and work on that record. And, you know, when it came out, that was the outcome. But we never talked directly, in particular, about no song. I just felt like he loved the record. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a short mouthpiece story, man. Uh, I had a song in the street that still hadn't been released that was called Balls in My Word that we didn't put on the album. And um, what he had got women that title, and I believe, and started promoting my album as Balls in My Word before I really knew it. So by the time we talked about it, I really wanted to call my album uh, and offer You Can't, you can't Refuse off the Godfather Cardione theme trying to be separate from Scarface being right next door running with the whole Tony Montana balls in my word thing. Yeah, it was a song on a ghetto boy record, but it was an instrumental called Balls in My Word long before oh, Scarface. Get ready, ready, solo yeah. Album. yeah, yeah, you know, and um, rest in peace. You know what I mean? The ready, ready. Yeah. So, you know, in that same sense, yeah, that my whole persona was black hand side Cardion, you know what I mean? I took the whole other Cardion and put an A in it and made it my own thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, so like I say, um, he had already was promoting that record like that. And he 
say from the penitentiary up, I never forget he said that. And uh, everywhere else he promoted, everybody said it was hard. It's, you know what I mean? It hurts, but it was hard as hell, you know what I mean? So I went with that format, and it worked for everybody. So it was more like a joint um, venture and a collaborated effort, you know, putting that whole album together between the concentration camp, C-Loc Ruffins, and No Limit, you know what I mean, and Master P and Priority Ruffins. So, you know, that's the end results of it. Man, that's uh, that's legendary. So you're saying though, uh, I know the fans are gonna love this. You're saying there's three unreleased tracks out there for, that, that didn't make that album. Um, yeah. Wh- wh- what were they like, man? Um, can you describe them at all? And have you heard them since, or they lost? Somebody? I hadn't heard them. I hadn't heard them since. If it's anywhere, you know, it might be in a C-Low vault or something with the camp. But the only song I remember, I forget the, the other two songs. But one was called The Juke, you know what I mean? That I was kind of making a country bass kind of Martin Bay blues and how, you know, the blues men should go to the juke house and we still had that and, um, you know, maybe different parts of the country, but definitely Mississippi, Louisiana, that type of thing. You know, I've always been a fan of the blues and my granddaddy way back in the gap. So, you know, having that Southern heritage, I was trying to coincide that with the rap. And it was a cool, like, um, you know what I mean? Um, I cannot describe it. Uh, kind of like if you look at the Marvin Gaye picture, whatever you know, the, the, the Sugar Shack picture. If anybody know that from one of the Marvin Gaye album covers, it was kind of one of those joints. Or uh, I'll give you something more familiar, hip hop wise. Um, the Eyes Squad. Shout out to Devin Blind Rob. You know what I mean? Rum. The rest of those yeah, guys. Devin's a couple dude, brothers. Yep. You know what I mean? So they first fat enough funk for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that that cover. So it was kind of a jam that will fit that kind of purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. I hadn't heard it. Yeah, since those times. Yes, sir. Man, so there's three of them joints out there, and um, you know I ask this to everybody because uh, and we're finding out, man, that there's hundreds and hundreds of songs out there. There's a briefcase full of easy EA dads out there. You know what yes, I'm saying? Indeed, um, you heard about that too? Nah, I just could assume it's Will Prince, Michael yeah. Jackson, and whoever else was the greats, I'm sure, yeah. Even maybe some oh, Jimmy Hendrix record which I never heard, man. So, yeah, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. Man, just knowing that there's... I wonder why those songs... I mean, from the way you're describing them, they sound pretty dope. I wonder why they were cut. Yeah. Um, well, really, like I say, at the time, you know, P was P was like a speedball, man. If he was turning the record tomorrow, he was going to take what's there, and that, that was going to be the base of that record, you know, pretty much. Uh, so we're having to connect and indirect connect, you know what I mean? I don't know what was translated while we was you know, taking care of the business and everything. And not saying that I wasn't with the program, but it happened in that fast amount. And I thought, you know, to the wire that that record, um, the original How You Do That, which was really called The Fool, that was all released on the, the first self-titled concentration type compilation, didn't make my balls and my word due to production and mixing and the time frame and all that. So they kind of got caught in that shuffle. Um, so I kind of left it there. The, the wave took off so great. Keep in mind, the world probably saw me like that same summer '97, but I still was unreleased as a solo artist, still working on my balls and my word. Or I just turned it in, but it was aimed to be released the following January of '98. So 
with it coming off the body soundtrack, it was already a big record, so I hit the ground running. So by the time it was time for me to come to play, yeah, you know, it was all suit. So it was pretty much that. We narrowed it down to those 14 joints. And, you know, like I said, it was just undeniable. We turned the record in. I didn't get no naysaying from C-Lope records to No Limit records on up to Priority records. You know, it wasn't no no. Everything was you know, open shit to me. You know what I mean? So I, you know, ran with the program, which was a beautiful thing. It's still sustained to this day. So, yeah, man, if it wasn't for that and the moves made at the time, you know, I ain't no telling where I'd be and, and what would be happening. But, yeah, you know, um, you know, it's an old saying they say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? If it don't fit, you can't force it. So everything was smooth selling. So I just, you know, played my position and, and, and evolved, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, and, and, you know, props to you, man, your longevity in the game. You've been doing your thing over the years. You, you d- did a lot of stuff with West Coast Mafia. You went over to Strange Absolutely. Music. Um, yes, sir. You worked with, you know, like like I said, Roy Jones. Um, Roy Jones. So you, doing your thing, man. We're going to go to the song real quick, and then when I come back, the homie Sim from France, I know he's got some questions for you. Um, we'll give him Ghost Rider, man. It's the classic. We'll be right back with Young Bleed. Don't go nowhere. I wonder why 
I live to see the killers cry, mugging with all the tears in my eye. But if I die, ask my father up in heaven, pop. Take me with you and forgive them all, cause they know not what they do. Just set me free and let me flee with a smile. Like every ghetto more shot. Ever since the juvenile, I've been unbelievable, struggling and wild. With a murderous style, running wild with a murder, me mama with Mr. Lane. Misconceptions got me lost in the jungle. They say the uncle's the young, but those who fuck him soon fuck him. Lay all his life on the paper and put his name on the wall. Rest in peace, tell lies of thugs who roam the high school halls. Without no meaning, that fell a victim to a murder cop. Back with them balls after they bury him, and life goes on. Stuck in the days, trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong. Singing that same song, trying to balance close to the edge. Steady tripping, how the water's in my head.
And also for the, for this album, you you use a pen and pixel graphics cover. It was a, a classic cover for pen and pixel. How you get the idea with the the castle and the the stake and the lions, uh, all that? How you get the okay, idea for be, that? Okay, I'll be perfectly honest with you. We were talking about the blues. You know, my granddaddy used to play the blues. You know, piano and different things like that, uncles and, you know, different family members. So I come up playing blues records for my grandfather, especially when he went blind. You know, I, I was a CNI dog, you know, and I had to um, play those blues records. I couldn't stand them at the time, but I grew to love and respect blues. So by the time I, I, I was making that album, I really aimed to take a picture. If anybody remember in the 80s, it was a, mo- a movie called The Crossroads that, um, <clears throat> Ralph Macchio played in, you know what I mean? Um, as this young kid that kind of grew in New York and Juilliard, his travel. He played the devil about uh, against that. the devil. Yeah. Right, right. But, but that whole story was about Robert Johnson, you know. And I believe that some of my lineage, my granddaddy was Johnson, and you know them Southern roots, Mississippi, Louisiana, Jack Johnson from Galveston, Texas. They don't, you know, that don't fall too far from the tree. So what I was trying to do was, um. Reincarnate Dumbo. I call myself a blues baby based off the blues man I'm raised, you know, under between Louisiana and Mississippi. So I was aiming to take a picture of just like that that uh, movie picture, The Crossroads. Actually, on the crossroads, I've been in Mississippi all my life, and I, you know, people I get to talk to, young and old, I'm still searching for the original crossroads. So I really wanted to take that picture that signified north, south, east, and west when you're looking at a crossroads, like a Jesus Christ cross. But I wanted to take the front of the cover, coming from the south, heading north, and at the halfway point, shall I go west, east, you know what I mean? That, that was kind of my real-life evolution. I'm um, evolving into the West Coast and Priority Records um, later. But that was my aim. Um, Shots out the pen and pixel, you know, when it did exist back then, everybody was going through Houston and getting those pen and pixel covers. So when it was my turn to do that, I just took a picture in front of a bomb. We used a green screen now. But it was like a white screen, white backdrop, and I did that pose that you see on there and turned it in. I was trying to share that idea with Loka and to P-Nam and whoever, and nobody really quite grasped it. And whoever was working on the graphics at the time, that's what they gave back to me, you know, all but my head in the clouds. So what I did was I didn't want my head in the clouds, and I used it more like in a spiritual manner, um, the stairways to heaven. Uh, in a Christ-like fashion with the wilderness behind me, kind of leaving the wilderness on my way to that mini mansion in the sky, tigers behind me. So, you know, um, mind, body, and soul, and that trinity, um, I forget um, how, how exactly you say it, um, the mystery of the Sphinx, I ask that question. They say, when, when, uh, what's when it's born, crawl on, you know, walk on four limbs, in the baby stages of life, in the mid, mid stages of life, walk on two legs, and if you live to be old enough, walk on three. And that signified a man or an older man. You see what I'm saying? The three legs being the two legs and the cane. So I just kind of made it that whole, you know, spiritual realm for myself and just kind of coincided with what I was always working in the direction of, of um, versus the um, gal of the back roads, dirt roads in Mississippi and the crossroads. So I wanted to show the upbringing and that southern back over to the cotton fields of where music kind of evolved from other than gospel that was here in America and just kind of go go back to my roots from a young guy perspective at the time, you know, a younger generation, 
You know what I mean? Or the young that bleed for the, for our young generation. You know, I still got a young on my name. So, you know, that type of thing, man, was my aim for that cover. But the way it came about, everybody played their part, and it, it made sense at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. My own too was very excellent too. Yes, also, uh, brings the noise uh, with Mr. and Master P. Uh, it's a huge track because also it's produced by PMC. And you have Esprit's yeah. track was, was, uh, produced by PMC. It was an honor for you, I think. Uh, you yeah. got Moby Dick and, uh, and Craig B on the, on the song too. But can you tell yeah. us about this one? Um, in particular, man, like I say, um, the last night before my record was turned in to priority, um, um, No Limit was based out of Baton Rouge. You know, a lot of people didn't know that. So it was easy for me to go, you know, access and work with them when I was called for, I was called at the house in the middle of the night to finish that record and, and the substitution of those three songs here again. That was one of them. At the time, Bring the Noise had two verses, the mystical verse, Master P was on, and it was the open third verse. P let me hear a few records to pick for my record. Um, Time So Hard, Moby Dick, I want to say, if not the whole Beats by the Pound producing and definitely Moby sung on the hook. And um, it was really a Nita Baker sample at first. Um, it's been so long, you know, the, the old classic rapture, um, a Nita Baker album. Shout out to Miss Anita Baker. But um, I don't think they cleared the sample or something happened with it, so Moby replayed it, you know, with, with, with the beautiful piano battle that it is. Shot the video the whole night. But um, in the midst of still branding the camp, shots out to Lay Low, which um, really – in the beginning was Max Manelli, um, Jay Vaughn, and um, Happy Perez, the producer, you know what I mean? I was more like a big brother to those guys on um, Mamas, you know what I mean? We stayed at each other's cribs long before all this, and we'll have backroom tapes, you know, hang a mic from the ceiling with a sock on and freestyle all night, you know, and I wish I could find a lot of those records and different things. I mean, guys wanted to pay us for whole CDs and tapes before we was on record. And they was phenomenal freestyle artists. And they inspired me. You know, I always was. But they was like, if you looked at Snoop and the Dog Pound or whoever was first and the click was birthed after that Tupac and Outlaws, that was kind of my evolution with Lalo. And then we formulated the concentration camp as we started to build more members around the whole click relation. But um, like I say, that, um, to bring the noise, I didn't know what those records was for. I picked it. P allowed me to get it. Um, as well as Time So Hard had two verses. I did the third verse. You pay attention to those records I wrapped in the end because they really wasn't my records to begin with. Shout out to Fiend. Fiend was on the Time So Hard. And what I wanted to do here again, still trying to uplift him and brand the campus. I was coming along. Shout out to my brother Lucky Knuckles. And here again, Lalo. They came to the studio with me that night. I pulled Pete to the side and I said, you know, I want my little brother on my record for sure. And uh, I want to make sure these guys is on the record. And um, I don't know if that was Dale or KL that produced. I'm not looking at those credits right now, but, uh, you know, same moment, I forget that, but produced a song called Mo Money. It was a less familiar song, but it is on the bars of my word record that consists of me, Max Manelli, um, Jay Vaughn, and my brother Lucky Knuckles of the concentration camp. So those three records was did in that one night. The next day, I think Pete took a red eye or something, maybe in the middle of the night and was at priority the next morning. I was getting a phone call in a few days to start, you know, to come up. And, and I, maybe I had been up once or twice just constructing the deal. 
but it was all accepted. Nobody told me, hey, change this. The only thing I just couldn't put on, put on the original, how you do that here again, and those other three records. So I didn't argue the fact, you know what I mean? Know when you're winning, you know what I mean? So I rolled with Rush, man, and the rest is history. Yeah, how you do it like that? It was for Unbarred movie. It was a huge track to tell to us about. Also, this one, it was a classic, too. Yes, one. <laughs> yes, sir. Still to this day, you know what I mean? Still in rotation yes, all around the board. So, you know, yeah, man, phenomenal record. I knew I had a good feeling that was going to be a great record. But the last the test of time and still be here, I'm still getting pat on the back and salutes and whatever where that record's concerned. I spring new, new records on the crowd and the audience when I do get to perform. And, of course, all over the Internet, uh, infinite records with other artists, up-and-coming artists, legendary artists like you name them. But that's the one record in the building I go in that I can't leave without performing, in some, in some cases, twice. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, talking about the, the old-timers, you, you grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, there, there are a lot of old school shit like a uh, bottom party mm-hmm. or sick slim and uh, uh, you work and also mm-hmm. with a uh, sea how you met the first time by the day man how you know about that way in france man i said you really did your research really if you're in the roots of my hood <laughs> my cousin and family structure man shout out to sugar slum that's my big cousin <laughs> by blood you know what i mean yeah. um it was the gangsters that ran the town when i was a kid um I started rapping when I was in the fourth grade. I probably was freestyling in the third grade, but I learned to put my penmanship down um, on the strength of a poetry teacher. that taught me how cool yeah. forms when I was about in the fourth grade, so I learned how to formulate and start putting it on paper. But when we first started off, um, I want to say Run DMC, the self-titled album, Rest in Peace to John Master J, came out in 83, 84, and that was my very first rap tape. My mother bought me for my birthday or something like that. And that's what I wanted. She bought me that tape. And um, me and my friend, Darian Williams, grew up across the street on Garfield Street from each other. So we grew elementary school till we went different to different middle schools. My mother moved to one side of town. His mother moved to the other. But long story short, um, we was trying to formulate a young boy group, you know, just like Ron DMC. And we decided, okay, we're going to call ourselves, we took Silk and Slim name, and we called ourselves Silk and Slim. There ended up being a little kind of thick and pocket than I was. Yeah, did you hear me? I told myself to hook because of classic. Okay, absolutely. So, you know, we took his name and he was the gangster in the town and definitely in our hood. You know, shouts out to the wrecking crew, the real wrecking crew, South Baton Rouge wrecking crew. You know what I mean? He was one of the four horsemen members that started that for our neighborhood and years before us um, on the OG. Um, as well as now, you know what I mean, and different, you know, a whole lot of stop the killing campaigns. Um, he's sad to the nation. So, uh, you know, I got a chance to see Cuz go from being all the way left to, to completely righteous, man. So I'm glad he's still around. He's doing good things in all the communities all around the country. Uh, but sad to say this, we took his name and we being the Slimmer guy. My very first rap name was Slim because of Silk and Slim in the neighborhood. I had my grandfather, oh, and dad, and stepfather to look up to. But, yeah, when it was the rap thing, my very first name was, my name was Slim. And I evolved into several names before I get the young, believe being my grandfather's name. So, yeah, again, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. And my OG cousin and my granddaddy, you got me, you know what I mean? But 
about the Joker Peter whole bottom posse, man. They was the first guys that really had records in the neighborhood. I started off selling tapes on the corner and eventually grew into, you know, wax and so on and so forth. But they was putting out records in the neighborhood in those early 80s, if not the late 70s. You see what I'm saying? Super Slim. And a lot of other guys that's unknown, rest in peace to MC Nero and so on and so forth when you're talking just batting rule with hip hop before you get to New Orleans. So, you know, I appreciate you. Um, you you digging that deep sin, man, and you know, Chip, but that's my heritage. All the way down the block I'm raised and born on. You know, that's what that's about, man. But, um, yeah, you were saying something else you asked me. You got me running it about Slim, but something else you was asking me, um, connected to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how you remember the first time C-Lock back in the yeah, day? Yeah, that's what was Okay. The truth is, man, uh, with Loke being from a different part of my neighborhood, we ain't necessarily grow up next door neighbor somewhere around. South Baton Rouge is kind of big and small if you're from there. So I didn't meet Loke till like about middle school. I want to say I was 11 and he was about 12 years old. He's like a year older than me, and we knew that ever since then. But he had, he was the same kid that grew we grew from and had the rap dream. He always wanted to be a DJ. So my thing was always the rap thing. I DJ in the background and had, you know, turntables ever since a kid and that type of thing, and, you know, in production and so on and so forth. But it was a thing around middle school that I was the rapper and Loke was my DJ. Loke was really my big bro and homeboy. And street beefs and all, all kind of shit. Yeah, if you had a problem with me, yeah, he'll probably catch you before I can catch up to you, and it's gonna be physical. And he was a monster as a kid, you know what I mean? And you know, I stayed with, with his mother. He didn't live, you know, a weekend with my mother. We'd do that type of thing and be at wars with neighborhoods three and four deep. You know, shout out to Ruben Pierre, my best friend since the third grade. We always from South Baton Rouge. And we moved to the east side of Mayfair and was about 11 years old. And we used to have a problem with the east side and north side guys just being from the other part of town. And that was on Sugar Slim and them and all the OG gangsters in our town years before us. So just, you know, monkey see, monkey do, just like Crippin' and Blood. And we most say hood banging Baton Rouge. Streetport is our gang capital, you know, due to the California lineage. And a lot of guys is rooted from the south, Mississippi, and beyond. But definitely through Shreveport, you'll see more of that in the end. Orleans in the late 80s, early 80s or something like that. They was wearing colors, but Baton Rouge was a different dynamic. We knew different guys from different parts of town because of how we swag or how we dressed, who was from where without the colored rag. And if we had a problem, you could be able to stay fast. And it was all kind of, yeah, when I look back now, little boys with guns, big, yeah, you know, everything get aired out. I spent a lot of those numerous nights just coming, coming up like that, but sign up to say this. Me and Loke went to the same middle school, kind of work middle, not necessarily the same elementary school. And uh, we stayed partners, but, you know, he, you know, he was kids. He was just learning to get money, you know what I mean, and definitely that type of money. So, he, you know, we, we couldn't afford the right equipment and different things. He didn't have any turntables that I knew about, so we never did challenge shows or nothing together. Um, and later in life, we'll split apart again after middle school, whatever high school he went to, I went to two different high schools. Uh, Woodland High and back to my, you know, native roots in South Baton Rouge and McKinley High, you know what I mean? Uh, and both was Panthers. So in that sense, I hook up later on with Loke um, somewhere like in the early 90s. We was in the hood together. I moved back to the hood and, you know, we were doing our street things. So we'll see each other on the block and 
come by each other's crib every now and again uh, while I was doing my taste. I didn't know he was building a record company. And he pulled up to my crib one day and said, hey, man, you still doing the rap thing? He was working on Who's Gonna Ride, his very first solo album. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, he said, well, I want you to come in the studio with me and uh, come here, you know, what I've been working on. So he take me out to a nice crib, you know, and just, you know, soccer balling, what we say out here, soccer balling back then, doing real good for itself on dating the whole nine in Baton Rouge, you know, different in California. That was a big thing, you know, and uh, the whole clique of guys that we come from, and, you know, I'm going to keep the names out the book. It's real in the field. Um, but here again, saying that to say this, I got a chance to listen to 90% or so of Who's Gonna Ride, and he had a blank on the record. And uh, okay. I was like, well, definitely, I want to get on the record. So um, I was saying, if you know his song, No Mercy, I was saying, it's wicked when I kick it, wicked, you don't hear me, though. I was listening to his record. I was freestyling that in the corner. He said, what's that you saying? I said, you know, say what I just said. And he said, man, put that in the hook for me. So I, I ended up getting on the um, Who Was Gonna Ride record, um, being on the hook of No Mercy. Then he brought me an instrumental and told me to ghostwrite a whole song. Everybody knew I was good with the pen since a kid. Um, so I ended up writing um, Never Say Die, me, him, and Lee Time. You know, shout out to my brother Lee Time. But uh, we did that record, and it started to just go bananas through the town and, and surrounding areas that heard it. So that started to re-blow C-Loke records. He had a couple of hits, Howard and all that in the beginning. So a lot of our things, you hear me saying that how you do that, it came from that gumbo part of uh, the chemistry with Loke, the chemistry with Lee Time, Lay Low, and, you know, so on and so forth. And then we grew into a mass click that went from Louisiana to Mississippi to Alabama and was other members. So I decided one day we need a name that's more a click name instead of everything being C-Local. Now it's not just, you're not just the only artist. So I come up with the concentration camp being that I'm born on June 6th, study the diary and Frank and, you know, in the Holocaust and all that type of thing. And my granddaddy believed was yes, in sir. World War II. So that was my evolution, you know. Sickness song video was dope. <laughs> yes, so the yeah, the yeah, you're right. Yes, sir. Yeah, you mm-hmm. dropped it also. Nice that they killed instinct to sit up on the whatever album. It was dope song too. Yeah, the killer instinct. That's the second um. Yes, that's sir. the second song on um the second C Loke album yes, um called whatever. And I ghost wrote that yes, too. Sir. You know what I mean? It was like a part two of the Never Say Die before um we were eventually going to the compilation on um, self titled Concentration Camp where everybody started to branch beyond just featuring on the record with CeeLo. He gave us an opportunity for everybody to do their own solo joint. And again, the birth of um, a fool, originally name, because I said, hey, man, when people hear this, they're going to say, this, this song is a fool. I said, well, that's what I'm going to call it. But based off of, like, the King T, actor fool, Johnny Guitar Watson, you know what I mean, that old school West Coast hip-hop and some East Coast hip-hop, I used some public enemy drum. And Marita Franklin, uh, Earth, Wind, and Five Men happy produced that track together um, in Parliament, of course. You know what I mean? And that was my solo effort for the first time outside of just collaborating with Loke and whoever on the C. Loke projects. And it was super starting from that point on. Yeah. And after living in uh, Limits, you, you go with Sibo. How you met Sibo mm-hmm. with the West Coast Mafia? And you do you need two albums with him. Uh, can you tell us about uh, Once Upon a Time in America, America and, uh, and the other one, too? 
Um, the rise through the ranks, the earn of the capo. Yeah, man, definitely. 2005, 2007, shout out to my big bro, Sebo. Um, I'll tell you a story where Bo was concerned. Um, I was in a studio session recording with either doing a solo record or whatever I was recording, who I was recording with. My manager, um, shout out to Uncle Pauly. Pauly brought me a magazine. I think it was the Murder Dog magazine, as a matter of fact, to be exact. And it was a picture of um, Sebo yeah. and Yuckmouth in the magazine back-to-back promoting thug lords or something like that. So he mentioned... I, I, I think uh, working for another dog can tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you yeah, know, somewhere... Yeah, in article, I remember that, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sure. I believe somewhere in that article, we asked, they asked him about, who, you know, who were some of the future artists that he wanted to work with. And my name came up and a few names that he named. When I saw that immediately, I always been a Sebo fan, you know what I mean? We used to drink old English and orange juice on my block based off of Sebo Ruckers. I would have never guessed I'd meet Bo in life and would have take place. And uh, once I saw that directly, I made an effort for my people to reach out to his people and let me know, I, let him know I was interested. Unfortunately, uh, Bo was doing some of that jail time at the time. And um, he gave me a call from the pen. And I think I was standing outside of my parking lot. And either my girl or somebody came or Paul had called me and said, you know, he had Sebo on the phone. So when I got to meet Bo in life and all that, he said, I'm trying to do the same thing for you that Tupac was trying to do for me. Unfortunately, rest in peace to big bro, Tupac. Uh, I didn't get to meet Pac, but I'm real good with the outlaws and everything that was Tupac community, from the click to Spice One, the Yuck Mouth, and, you know, the, the Loonies and Richie Rich, you know what I mean? So it's like his partners became my partners. Um, like a California christening, man. Those guys took me in and showing me love. You know, shouts out to Freeway Rick to this day. Um, but was that 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 whole type of thing, man? Uh, yeah, that just took me on a journey way back to that. We was talking about Bo, but Bo was saying when he had the opportunity to finally meet Pac, you know, Pac had picked him out of power, and he had plans. That, you know, him and Bo had plans uh, before you know Pac's untimely demise. But um, he said, Pac called him from the pen. His girl, you know what I mean, put him on the phone, did the three-way thing. So we was trying to pick up off that thug life, living lineage. And, of course, I want to say Bo before Pac on the OG. So, you know, he came down like a true big brother from Northern California and kind of scooped me down in some trouble, scooped me up in some troubled times to help me rebuild my independence and reintroduce me to that West Coast. You know what I mean? It kept me you know, preserved in that, that um, since like 2004. So that's like six, we had a 16-year big brother, little brother relationship, you know what I mean, since then. So shouts out to Sebo and the whole West Coast, uh, West Coast Mafia and definitely the city of Sacramento, man. That's what's real. Yeah, yeah. that's just so gangster and brothers. It was dope, so mm-hmm. too. Hey. Yes, sir. Hey, guys, yes, sir. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely, man. Um, Sin, you got you got any more questions before we close up shop, brother? Oh yeah, uh, some some of it. Um, you you made a video with a whole lot of dog. It was a dog video because it was on the bayou with the dandies. And yeah. I, I was there in '95, in the in the the same place in Baton Rouge. So how okay. it was to produce a video of hello to the, the dog? Um, yeah, you know, that's that was when um I was a part of Strange. I was part of Strange, I want to say, for maybe about two years. 
2010 to 2012. And unfortunately, that was the only video we did off the Preserved album. Um, I did a book off that album, Shots Out to Son Baker. That's called The Making of Preserve. You know what I mean? Anybody interested, you can go to Amazon.com. It's available, hardback and, and paperback. That was um, the song, you know, we all agreed to as a whole to do the first single and video for and uh, to capture here again my roots and heritage and that Louisiana down south heritage. Um, you know, that um, Liquid Nine was the guys that shot that video, shots out to Liquid Nine. They come down, they was interested in finding some gators, and which we used to have a gator farm called Alligator Bayou um, that's on the outskirts of Baton Rouge in a farm in a small country town called Prairieville, Louisiana. So somewhere around now, I took them to that place, and I think they had shut it down. So I want to say maybe they went to Hammond or somewhere else. We shot my hood scenes that you see in the video. I just took them through a few hoods and, you know, and through the city a little bit and captured what we captured all in a day before they headed up back to Kansas. So somewhere along the way, they found them an alligator farm and put the gators, you know, in the video. So it all looked good. I appreciate that here again. I start to live with nine and strange music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a big thing right there. I was happy for you when they uh, when they signed you because it was like another resurgence. You know what I mean? It was like a right. you know you did the West Coast Mafia thing, then you did the Strange, and um, <clears throat> you know, hey, well, you worked with Dave Weiner before, you know, being in private. Yeah, D- Dave Weiner. I always give Dave credit as a big brother, a true stand-up guy, man, and always been look out, look out wherever he could with me, despite that P got me, was my connect and, and got me to deal that priority. When I went to um, California for the very first time um, and having family ties, my mom used to keep me out of California because of the gang violence. I had a little homie that went out about 12 years old, had family in California, was off 17th Street where we live and, and what we call the top. It's the bottom and the top to Baton Rouge. So when you hear Boosie and whoever talking about that, my homie was from the top. And he took a family vacation for a summer and went to California. I waited for him to come home, and I never saw him again. I wondered, and I asked his people what happened and my people. They said what took place, you know, and this was early 80s, you know, when Gang Bang was at his finest, definitely in California. Um, he went out and was in the wrong area, went to a Circle K, and had on the wrong color shoestrings. And whatever opposite color gang beat him to death, supposedly with a crowbar. So my mother wouldn't let me go to California young. So it took me to grow into my early 20s and start traveling out there by myself, along with the camp and no limits, so on and so forth, as far as my christening. But saying that to say this, uh, Dave Weiner came, got me from LAX. You know what I mean? I called him the West Coast Rick Ruben. He had the kind of ragged jeans at the bottom from Stan Smith, Adidas on, the black leather jacket, and the cap to the back. So... My favorite color, I was kind of prematurely semi-cripping, you know what I mean, as a teenager in Baton Rouge, but we didn't go too far with it. We stayed hood, and if you had enemies, the same results. But, you know, for a small time, you know, I flagged the blue rag with a few of my homies and that type of thing, thing before I would know I was carrying the Tookie Williams and different things like that before I was doing my history. But Dave Weiner picked me up, and he saw me in old blue cat. He said, Bleed, welcome to California. He said, man, you can't wear them cactus out here. I said, man, blue just my favorite color. He said, that wouldn't even matter. They'll ride up and ask you, whoop, 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 and you could die for that. He said, I'm a white man. And he opened up his coat and showed me a nine millimeter. And um, he said, I carry a gun, you know what I mean, out here. Welcome to Priority Records. And as we was driving up Rodeo, 
you know, halfway up the priority. We stopped at a particular red light, a world-famous known well light. was right where Biggie, you know, the shooting of Biggie took place. And they say, this is where Biggie was murdered. So, you know, for a while, I didn't smoke weed, drank. I was that paranoid, still trying to hear again, grass, the fast pace of California, fresh off the death of Pac, fresh off the death of Big, and that that, that kind of um, static was still in the air. So for a while, they kept me ducked in hotels. They wouldn't let me go to the hoods and all that at first. If I talked to dads or whoever, they, if they wasn't out there, they wouldn't let me there tell me go back to my room. You know, I'm a Jim Morrison, so I'd be up walking down Sunset or Hollywood Boulevard myself just looking around at 6 in the morning, you know, on the Hollywood Walk of Stars just soaking up California. But it took uh, me to get used to that routine and eventually I started to venture in every hood, um, and, and and a lot of the cities from San Bernardino on up, you know, I done rode the whole West Coast all the way up to um, Seattle, Washington. That's how strange the one tour we went on. So I started from the tip of California, Riverside on up in the L.A., you know, Compton. And then, you know, um, realized I had friends and family everywhere. So it's a constant thing. I was just in California last two weeks before they murdered Nipsey Hussle. I was out there shooting a video with my guys from Compton. Um, oh, shout out to my guy, yeah, um, Poe and um, Ace, Ace Duke, you know what I mean? Um, my guy from Kenny, Kenny, um, I, I don't want to, McCloud, I don't want to say Mr. Kenny name wrong, Kenny Knight, Kenny McCloud, and uh, my other OG brother, Mr. Knight, out there, way out of Compton, man. So I was on Sloan Street in Compton and a few other areas shooting a video. I stayed three days, had to be back in Baton Rouge for Monday. So I planned on staying out there longer, going by the marathon, hopefully meeting Nip. And when I got back to Baton Rouge about two weeks later, I turned on the TV on the Sunday and he was murdered. You know what I mean? April Fool's Day or uh, the day before. I'll never forget that. So, yeah. Man, rest in peace, Russell, man. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Nip, man. Long way too. Yes, sir. Just like a, a Soldier yeah. Slim or, um, oh, you know, say Pac, of course. Um, Don't get me started, yeah, man. Lord, infamous. Yeah. Oh, go back man. to Lord Infamous. Man, freaking time. Yeah, Easy you know, e. it's a whole commitment. Easy Just e imagine what Easy you know? would have done in the last 25 years, young believe. The visionary oh, that man. he was, he would have accomplished so yeah, much. You can't imagine. Absolutely. He's the smallest guy in the game. So easy when people wouldn't think when we talk lyricism and rock him, but I got my favorite individuals, you know what I mean? Just them being men in the world first, and especially coming from where we coming from, black and white alike, and turn the something into nothing. So easy being one of the smallest guys at that entrepreneurship and mastered it. You know what I mean? All before 30 years old, man, with NWA growing to and shouts out to everybody individually. You know what I mean? But, yeah, man, you can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, it was it was real dope talking to you. Uh, I think Sin's got yes, one sir. more question for you, and then I want to give you the floor, young bleed. Uh, but, Sin, you got one more before we go? Yeah, you can, you can talk about your your last album, Who to Life. Um, you dropped it recently one year ago. And the song September 3 also. Can you tell us about, about the album? Okay. Beautiful, man. You know, we dropped that like um last June. It's been out over a year now. But um independently, um 
on Trapdoor Entertainment. You know what I mean? Um, I want to say the Symphonic Dis- Distro Kid Distribution Digitally. Um, but yeah, that was the album, man. Um, I get a chance to do these independent um, tours. Like I said, I'm in Indianapolis now with with another one of my brothers from another mother um, by the name of Chucky Work Clothes. So we was doing a tour a few years back, man, and um, we was having so many crazy incidents on the tour. I wake up and go to sleep saying, man, what a man, what a life, wiping my head. So that was the saying and, you know, the going saying on the tour. And somewhere it hit me and say, you know what, that's what I'm going to call uh, my next album, kind of like uh, It's a Wonderful World, you know what I mean, with Louis Armstrong, if you can go back that far, I wanted to sum up life, and that um, kind of a rebirth, I did an album in 2017 called Living, again on Trapdo Entertainment, so I really kind of ripped myself down to one since started over, independently out of strange and so on and so forth, so Living is like a part one of being birth or born again, in that sense, then kind of giving it a summary within the time frame between living and what a life, just saying, okay, it's like welcome to the world or it's a beautiful world. You see what I'm saying? So that's the concept of the title. And um, it's a um, it's a phenomenal album. I had a chance to tap in with some of the greats that I always wanted to work with, work with um, Sell and Sell for starters, Pimpy Ken. Freeway Riggs, you know, Chairman Fred out of the Black Panthers in um, Chicago, um, Chuck at Work Clothes, you know what I mean, he's one of the guys, rest in peace, it's like Pacino, um, so the whole evolution of that man from the tour into that record, that just captured that, you know, more like a time capsule of everything that took place on that in-between time between uh, the living album um, and up into what a life, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, Anna, if you have three rappers who inspired you, who's them? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I'm gonna try to take it on. One Rock Kim for starters. Um, I say when you get to that West Coast, like I say, I love Easy E as a rapper, but for us, um, other than King T and Ice T and wearing that pivotal pivot crown at a time was Ice Cube, you know what I mean? Um, and then I ended up here again on the same the same commune as Priority Records, so I had the honor and pleasure of meeting Cube, and you know, we, we know of each other in that sense, so I always admired Cube, how he was able to still to be here right now, and went from the streets to the music to the movies, and still um, maintaining and beyond maintaining. So, Cube, you know, before Snoop and all that would evolve and start breaking down in so many when you're talking the West Coast. The two short, I say, is one of my main inspirations uh, to be an older brother, you know what I mean, than I am. He was one of the first guys I met coming into Priority. He was there with Aunt Banks, had performing Baton Woods with us before, so we was on the destiny. He gave me a lot of games and made a couple of records together. So, who you who you don't think you are meet, you know what I mean? It, it, it's hard to narrow that down. But yeah, um, when you're going coast to coast. But um definitely those guys in the South and Starface, Big Mike, you know what I mean? Pimp C and Bond. So the list go on. You know, when I start with one I kinda can't stop in that sense. As a matter of fact, man, I'm on I'm on my way to Milwaukee, man, and tribute to the guy um Jacob Blake, man, that was shot in the back seven times from the police. You know, I'm um, 
active um, uh, Black Panther Club, you know what I mean, in that sense of the word. So I'll be up there with the chairman, um, the whole Moors, you know, family and organization uh, welcoming me to come speak on on his behalf for saying that to say this. Um, God say the same. I'll meet Curtis Blow for the first time. He's one of the speakers on the panel. So I'm here at the Milwaukee uh-huh. um, for Saturday, man. Yeah, and hopefully he's one of my favorite long for those guys. You know, these are the great basketball and all that. When you look at these hip-hop documentaries nowadays, they really show you where they came from and get us to where we at. My respect, love, peace, and blessings to the OGs already, always before me. You know what I mean? Man, really yeah, talk, you you listen um, to you listen to you grew up with lyricists, and I think she was maybe the most lyricist of the Tom Nolibis. For me, one of all the best with Lil Mac. Lil Mac too was Mac. Lil Mac was very dope in lyricism. And I think she was yeah, uh, yeah, a that, very original Nolibis. Yes, um, I no limit. Um, <laughs> I have to say. And that's, you know, that, that trickles down. Slim, Fiend, um, Skull, um, let's see who else it was. Miss C, of course, you know what I mean? Definitely Mr. Magic, I'm trying to say. Rest in peace to my guy. But everybody in that sense had their own thing and their own glitch. But, you know, um, far as just on that, you know what I mean? Well, I feel like Soldier Slim was gone. And as Lyrically Planet, he had got with his street persona. You know, in his own kind of crafty way, I dug Slim and everybody else, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, you know what I mean? What happened to me and Free Street, you know what I mean? I hope he comes home real soon, and I've been pushing from his day one, you know what I mean? Um, and, and long before the penitentiary, so he got it like me. But, yeah, it's hard to put that in the box. Um, mystical, you know what I mean? When when I think, yeah, so I, you know, you got me going through the whole list of my head, and I'm trying not to miss nobody. Same here, family. Y'all do the same. Much love, peace, and blessings, man. 
turn to that car, you don't gangsta shit. It get funky, my nigga get a handkerchief. You can't slip like old dog, I got that wrong for your pistol. When I'ma pop that ticket for me, you know I do it like a OG. Slowly but surely, you gotta pay me what you owe me. Like Goldie, old Kobe Bryant. I'ma take it to the hole like a sleepy giant. Lady and the tramp. Paper dollar stamp, old school with it like Lee time to concentrate. She can't Ricky Bob on them. What's up to be hound? Stop side player for life. Round up the street lamp. Used to be champ, used to be cool. Hated by many up in the air, couldn't be fool. Out of King's Fair, eating me some seafood. Stop your head up, get your head from the seafood. You got me get it off the ground like a hustler. Oh, if you don't fuck with me, I ain't fucking with y'all. Holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog. If you don't fuck with me, I ain't fucking with y'all. Holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog. Get money from the weed to blow. Living sideways, coming out to look so. Hopping like a frog, coming through the smoke. Y'all like me, I'm on the scene like a hustler. If you don't fuck with me, I ain't fucking with y'all. Fucking up the whole game like I'm busting the ball. Holla at a dog, up against the wall, full of them trees behind some trees. Steady ducking them low. From the lack to the beam, when the creep crowd. Chopping up the whole thing, I don't sleep. Out in the streets with Ball and JG. Real homeboys, fast forward and nice song, boy. I get money. Money, money all the time, bitch. And I keep that money on my mind, bitch. Stay a player like a nigga told me. To keep it moving off the doobie, how we do it, OG. You gotta get it off the ground like a hustler. How? If you don't fuck with me, I ain't fucking with y'all. Holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog. You gotta get it off the ground like a hustler. How? If you don't fuck with me, I ain't fucking with y'all. Holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog. Like my dog Seabo, thugging in the rain. Mary Jane and cocaine, the dope game. Bellin' and ballin', now I'm the dope man. Big old one, little two, little three, little Indian boys. Off the edge, we go send a new boy. Goddamn, ain't nothing like that over young boy. From miles away, I keep scoping them boys. Yes, sir, you heard from the car to the curb. Bows in my word, homie, and the Mossberg. Cause the grip pump, I'm a lap at all times. With hustlers and gangsters strapped at all times. I got my mind on my money, hand smoke some weed. Indeed, you know I get it, it's your boy, Young Bleed. Yeah, you got a good team, but heck, you need a new coach. You can't hang the dog, you better stay on the coach. You gotta get it off the ground like a hustler. How? If you don't fuck with me, I ain't fucking with y'all. Holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog. You gotta get it off the ground like a hustler. How? If you don't fuck with me, I ain't fucking with y'all. Holla at a dog, holla at a dog, holla at a dog. I'm back on the block in a state of shock, but that's just life for me. 
I'm thanking God for finally giving kids and a wife to me In the midst of the drama and hot summers Nicked out by the numbers I smiling as a child, but now I want From Project Lippin' the drug dealing Dodging pay to killing Got me stuck in the maze with blood spilling Yo, my cousin used to tell me Get your paper and we gon' run that Living life in the cell, too far gone Trying to come back, but me I just stand And can't compare the situation Cause life goes on and it took you find your destination Who's to say that at the end of the road We all gon' make it home somehow I always find myself standing alone That's why I stand on my own Up in my hips, in fact, my chips is a limit without the trip. I must have been a young hog, bellin' like a two-time felon. They yellin' to homies, but somebody tell them. I'm mailing the letters to love ones I'm forgotten. And constantly running with young guns, steady plotting on how to make a way out. Trapped up in this dirty game, it's like a dude to be loved, but now it's murder, man. Over ghetto child, running wild through the streets in the dark. Looking through the eyes of murder men. Have a lurk in their heart I pray my father forgive me Cause it's a cold world A savage place for a man Lost in this old girl I put my pen in the paper With my strength in the squad And walk the world as this world Me and my love From funeral home The black bronze Got me back in that zone Out the window smoking And I want my own You heard me, y'all Holy songs and color me purple as pocket coming from a broken home. I can see the heat with the hate, pain, and envy. Surrounded by the angels, God with Christ in me. Humble as a lamb, but don't nobody understand. Looking at life and all the evil shit is done to man. I must have seen my homies in the coffin, then I zoned out. Gave the family hugs and kisses, then I boned out. On my own route, back to the pavement, where we hustle for life, hoping God saves it. Same way, gate, a breath of fresh air, a breath through the lungs, a better day, and good things come, nigga. I guess I'll be your boy with the dog, on the pole to my folks, and I miss the weed smoke and homie low, uh, back up in that old zone, telling y'all to hold on, and when you find yourself standing alone, that's when you stand on your own. Shots goes out, so all my niggas coming down on that ice water, soft side, did I make fat enough? Did I make fat eat? Park town, Easy town, Valley Park, you know what I'm saying? G Lane and the rest of the city, one time. Heard now? It's done. We all get along and live our lives in harmony on the land that our father gave us. This life that was given Cause you only live once So don't waste that on hate Don't waste that 
in love. 